0: Philippians chapter 4, we mentioned this morning that we were going to look at a a, a topic, if you would, a a word, content, contentment, and um, I actually put on the the notes that uh, we have formulated if you are interested in them, a very simple outline anyway, uh, but I ask a question, am I controlled by my circumstances or content? in my circumstances. And we are going to look at a very, very familiar passage of Scripture that uh, is my prayer that tonight will be a blessing to you, even though you've heard it before, and you've probably memorized it, and you know it very well, and he's waiting to come. So I don't want to hold you up any longer. So if you would like an outline, they they are right there. And uh, you're in Philippians chapter 4. And if does anyone have any idea uh, where contentment is talked about? There we go, in verse 11, where God says this. In fact, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll all read them together. I think you're familiar enough with it. Some of you could probably quote it, but we'll read verses 11, 12, and 13. So join with me, please. Not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, "...therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me." Great truth, common, well-known truth by God's people but passages that sometimes we know, but we need to think about at times. And so I hope that uh, just looking over these three verses uh, from God's Word, actually a little bit around it as well, uh, we'll find some help from the Word of God in the subject, dealing with the subject of contentment. And uh, so let's pray. We need you, Father, to meet with us tonight. We're, we need your help to understand the Word of God. I am very thankful for what you did in hearts over this past week through the preaching of the Word. And uh, we need you to meet with us tonight and to encourage us and to give us direction from your Word in, and, uh, and give us help. And so uh, open our eyes to behold the truth of your law and may we understand it better and live in light of it tonight. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The year was 2007. And the Wall Street Journal, uh, they have a, a the Week magazine. I didn't know that, but they do. Uh, they had an article about a study that was done. And here's what it said. It is hard to believe, but Americans are the unhappiest people on earth. That is is the conclusion of a new study by the World Health Organization and the Harvard Medical School. This study found that 9.6% of Americans suffer from depression or bipolar disorder, the highest rate of 14 nations which were surveyed. Uh, And the article went on, Our Prozac Nation, in quotes, has a greater percentage of depressed people than war-torn Lebanon, which had only 6.6%, job-starved Mexico, which had 4.8%, carefree uh, hedonistic Italy with 3.8%, overworked socially rigid Japan with 3.1%. And, it went on, how's this for a paradox? Nigeria, a land of desperate poverty, rampant corruption, and violent tribal conflict, had the lowest depression rate of all, at just 0.8%. And, uh, and this, then they continued in the article, how can this be? One possibility is that when your life is a struggle for clean water and adequate food, you don't have time to indulge in existential despair. This is the article. In New York, on the other hand, a lawyer making 200000 a year may find himself depressed if he doesn't make partner in his mid-30s. It may also be that in less modern societies, people find comfort and meaning in their families, their religion, and their cultural traditions. I thought that was amazing this, to hear in an article that was written In a magazine about America, you know, um, a lot could be said about the article itself and the comments that were made. But the reason I'm tonight is to point out that contentment has nothing to do with what a person possesses, and that it was evidently clear in the study that was done uh, that nations, some that were in great turmoil, had greater numbers of people who were if you would, at least contented or at least not controlled by their circumstances uh, than people who have plenty. You know, its not amazing how many whiners we have in America when so many people in America have food on the table each and every day, have a, a roof over their head, have, uh, have clothes to wear, and, and excess in all of those areas. Even people in poverty in America uh, have many of those things. Now, I, I don't say that because I'm trying to blast Americans, but just kind of to bring out the point and the reality that quite honestly, people just aren't content, aren't happy in life. Our passage this evening tells us that contentment can be had at all times and in all situations. Notice verse 12. I bo- I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound and I think it's interesting, we we often don't bring out the middle part of verse 12, but it's kind of stuck out in my mind uh, as I've been studying it and thinking it through uh, over this past week. He says this, everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. So when he talked about being abased and abounding, he wasn't just talking about you know, not having enough food and those things. He was talking about in every place and every time All the time, everywhere, in all situations of life, whether I have plenty, whether I don't have plenty, or wherever I find myself, I can be content. And God tells us that is a possibility, but the question is, uh, do we know that? Uh, Contentment can be had at all times, so the question, I guess, we could say is, would you like to be content? See. Yes, I would. Well, then, before we actually make you answer that question out loud, we won't make you answer it out loud. Uh, we ought to at least express what Paul is describing um, to see if you'd like to have it. Uh, this word, content, which is found in verse 11, he says, Now, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith, to be content. This word is not found anywhere else. In the Bible, uh, which is very interesting. We do find the word content, uh, different Greek words are translated uh, content in the scripture, but this specific Greek word is not found anywhere else in the Word of God. Uh, now, there are, again, as I've said, different Greek words translated contentment. And they might be indirectly, maybe, in a sense, related to this, but it is a very distinct and unique word. Literally, the word content in verse 11 means, I thought this was strange, self-sufficient. Now you say, that doesn't make sense. Well, many believe that Paul was kind of making a play on on words that were used and were held and and um, practiced by various groups. In fact, they say there's a relation to the, the Stoic stoicism uh, in the statement that Peter was making. But uh, literally, the word he chose, that God chose to give us by inspiration, is this self sufficient. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be, you say, self sufficient. Wait, that doesn't. Make sense. So let me explain it a little further. One author, in explaining this word, said sufficient for oneself or strong enough or, or, or uh, uh, possessing enough to need no aid or support. So what Paul was ultimately saying, and I, I think this is the best way to understand verse 11, what he's sharing, is that within his being he found strength sufficient So that he didn't need external things. It didn't matter what place he was in. It didn't matter what situation it was in. It didn't matter if his belly was full, if his belly was empty. It didn't matter if he had a lot of stuff, a lot of clothes, a lot of extra things, or he had very little things and he just had enough to make it. Those things, the external things, didn't make a difference because within himself he had strength sufficient to be happy, to be satisfied. So he didn't need outward things because he had what he needed within. So contentment, maybe if you wanted to, well, it'd be a long definition, so don't even try to write it down. But contentment would be having the power within myself to rest satisfied no matter where I am, no matter what is happening, no matter what I have. Now, wouldn't you like to have that? Wouldn't you like to be able to say, Like like Paul, uh, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Um, That is an amazing thing. Uh, Wouldn't you like to have inner strength so that you don't need a support group to survive? You know, one of um, one of the well-known former government leaders, thankfully former government leaders. uh, Well, whatever, uh, wrote a book called It Takes a Village. Yeah, you heard that. And the concept and the idea is very popular today is that we have got to have a village in order to survive. We've got to have one another in order to survive. You've got to have well actually ultimately control socialism. Does that sound familiar? Uh, communism? I, I just two words that often are go in that direction. We just need this kind of village. And you know what God says? God says you can be content. You can be satisfied within, without the external. Now, I'm not suggesting that having support from without is sinful or evil or wrong in itself. I I, I think it's a great blessing. I find it a great blessing to be able to enjoy uh, help from without and be able to fellowship with God's people and to be helped from people. But you know what people teach us today in society? How do you make it in stressful times? Well, they get a support group. And they sit around and they tell everyone why they're miserable. And everyone says, we understand because we're the same, basically. And, uh, and you're always going to be this way, but we're here for you. And supposedly, that's supposed to bring contentment and bring help to people within. Uh, but the truth is, um, I can have sufficiency for every situation in life whether I have outward support or not. Now, again, outward support can be an encouragement. It can be a blessing. God talks about that in Scripture. Uh, Solomon mentioned that fact. You know, to have uh, another person, have someone else to be of support and, and to have uh, people to be a blessing and to have friends is a wonderful thing, but I can be content without those things. And that's what he talks about in this passage. So... Let me give you, first of all, the challenge of contentment. The challenge of contentment. And that's found in the verse we just mentioned and just talked about and kind of in the word we defined. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The challenge of contentment is found not just in verse 11, but actually in the verses surrounding it. And what Paul shares with us ultimately in these verses is that provision does not promise contentment. It doesn't matter what you have. You know people that have a lot aren't content. And that is really the study that was written about in the in the, in the whatever the weekly magazine or whatever it is from the Wall Street Journal. They, they were proving the very fact that having plenty or having provision doesn't promise contentment. Um, And uh, uh, in context here, we find Paul's statement uh, about, or he's talking about the matter of giving. In fact, we spent a lot of time, because we preached on it when we talked about missions, because the church at Philippi was giving to meet Paul's needs. And you you say, well, pastor, that begins in verse 14, where he says, Notwithstanding ye have all done that ye did communicate with my affliction. That's not true. It really starts back in verse 10. Before this section comes, starting in verse 11, 12, and 13, Paul says this, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. So Paul is dealing with the subject of the church giving to meet his needs, provision. And as he's dealing with this subject, verses 11 to 13 come out kind of as a If you would, a sideline. They weren't the main subject. These weren't. And it's kind of interesting. Verse 13 is a precious promise that we often quote. but, But Paul's intent wasn't to deal with necessarily contentment, nor was it necessarily to deal with the strength of Jesus Christ that he provides us in life. But in this little, if you would, outtake, in the midst of dealing with the matter of giving from the church, uh, Paul shares with us some great truths about contentment, about having the power and strength of Jesus Christ. But since it's found in this matter of giving, the point Paul makes in verse 11, right at the start, is not that I speak in respect. So he says, look, you have given to me. You've given to me many times. I'm going to instruct you on giving. He does, starting in verse 14 a little further. He says, let me share some things about giving, and then my God shall supply all your need. But he said, hey, I want you to know I'm not speaking this because I have to have it. Because I have found within myself a strength to be content, whether I have anything from you or whether I have nothing from you. The point he makes ultimately at the start of verse 11 is this. Provision doesn't promise contentment. Uh, the church had given to him, and sometimes he had abundant, and sometimes he didn't have enough. But, he said, but that, didn't, that doesn't make a difference. I can be content in whatever situation I am in. You see, what he had didn't have bearing on his contentment in life. Now, that didn't mean he didn't appreciate it because uh, he said in verse 14, notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. And it wasn't that this wasn't good because he said you sent once and again to my necessity. And he said in verse 18, I have all and abound, I'm full. So he says, I am so thankful for what God has used you to do in my life. But I want you to know that contentment isn't resting upon that. In other words, the point is provision doesn't promise contentment. Uh, but how many times do we hear people say things like that? Think about it. Just, just think about it for a moment. Here's a man, he's miserable in his marriage, and he says, if my w- seriously, if my wife would just leave, I'd be happy. A, a woman who's maybe in an unhappy marriage say, well, if he would just give me a divorce, things would be so much better. But here's the truth of the matter. Um, provision of whatever sort doesn't guarantee contentment. Someone who has financial difficulties, if I could just win the lottery. You ever heard someone say something like that? Some coworker or whatever? Man, if I could just come, if, I, if I could just get a tax return for, you know, I would be happy. And the, the truth in the matter is provision does not promise contentment. That's his point in verse eleven. Not that I speak in respect to one. I am not telling you about giving. I'm not going to talk to you people about the matter of giving and share with you what you need to know about giving for the reason that I am dependent upon it to be content, because I don't need it. Now, he wasn't saying it unkindly. Please know that. And I think verse 14 is very clear in 15 and 16 and 17 and 18, that he was greatly appreciative, and he realized that God used them. But he didn't need it to be content. And so, it's an important reminder to us, um, because the truth is, we say the same thing. Well, if I just had a, a, I wouldn't be so worried. I wouldn't be so bent out of shape if I just had a car I could count on every day. You know, if I knew I could get in my car and and <laughs> turn the key and it would start. Don't turn the key anymore. You just get in. If you have one of those smart keys, you know. If if I if I if I could just have what is it? I would be content. And boy, we could illustrate that in so many ways, how people aren't content when they get what they thought. And we could share so many stories. But Paul shares with us what we need to know. He says, I, I, I'm not speaking in respect of one. I'm not asking you about giving. I'm not talking about the matter of giving because I need more. Because the truth is, I'm content. If I have a lot, if I have little, because I've learned contentment. So the point is, if you're not content today and you're looking for some sort of provision or event to make you happy, then you're going to miss the wonderful truth Paul shares in these verses. You will. Because, because it doesn't come in things. It doesn't come in events. It doesn't come in circumstances. It doesn't come in what is happening in your life. Those things can bring a reprieve maybe, they can, they can, oh, maybe bring a temporal happiness, but they can't really make you satisfied. Completely satisfied within, with a strength within to keep you going on. True contentment comes apart from the provision that comes your way. Now, there's something that's also interesting in verse 11. Notice what he says, not that I speak in respect of want, but what's the next phrase? Yeah, just say those four words, ready? For I have learned. Practice impact contentment. Practice does impact contentment. Contentment isn't based on what you have or what happens in your life, but rather on what you do. Paul tells us that he learned contentment. Thayer's definition says about this word, uh, the word learned, to know by use or practice. Paul did something that allowed him to be content in every situation, that gave him strength in every event of life. Wherever he was, whatever his lot, whatever he had, Paul made a choice to act, and it brought him contentment. Now, what was the secret act? That's what we want to know. Okay, we'll talk about that later on, so just just wait, all right? Um, action is needful. Contentment doesn't come by nature because our nature is sinful. You, you know we're by nature, not content. Do you know what, what Satan fed in, in Eve? Was a, a discontentment with what God had given her. Within us all... Is that that just I am not satisfied. I don't have the strength to go on. I'm not happy with my circumstances. I'm not I'm not content with what's going on in my life. I I just don't have the inner strength to go on. I just want to quit. I want to throw in the towel. Whatever you however you want to describe it or, or whatever it is, you know that is that is part of our, our human makeup. It's our nature. It's not just going to happen. And that's why Paul said, this is something I've had to learn. I've had to do something. I've had to practice at it, (laughs) which to me is encouraging because when I look at Paul, I think of of someone who was, oh, well, we use it as a spiritual giant. Someone who who walked with God. Don't you? (laughs) Someone who knew a special relationship with God. Um, And here is a guy who yet... I would consider him to be spiritually mature, said, I still had to learn this. Can anyone uh, tell me maybe a, a time when, when Paul um, learned that? You say, oh, probably. could have been anyone, like when he was a night and day in the deep. <laughs> yeah. uh, could have been when he was running for his life and someone let him down in a basket outside of the wall. Sure. Uh, what about when he had the thorn in the flesh? If contentment is having inner strength, isn't that what he was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? When he learned that God's grace, God's strengthening power was sufficient, so that he could be he could be content with a thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. So This is something that has to be, that is, that we have to actually act upon. There's something that we can do. Sinful human nature is never fully satisfied or contented when it gets something. Because when it gets it, it wants more. Um, Wow, there are a lot of rich people in this world who aren't happy with with what they have and they want more. Just one dollar more, just a little bit more. So, if I'm going to be content, it's not in what I possess or what comes my way, but it's in what I practice. Just an important truth to know. Action is needed. Contentment doesn't come by nature because our nature is sinful. We've got to go against that. Now, look, if you would, at the conditions which threaten contentment. <laughs> I know both how to be abased and... And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. All right, so what are the conditions? Tell me. It's alliterated for us. We're just going to give you two. All right. Come on, it's right there. What's the alliteration? All right, abased and abound. Abasement. That's not a basement either. It's not two words. I, it's just one word. What is a basement? Uh, now I'm not talking about the, the lower uh, the lower part of your house, okay? Uh, what I when I'm talking about a basement, the word literally here means to make low, to bring low, to humble, to depress, even to humiliate. So he says, I know both how to be abased. I, I know how to be obe- to, to face this basic obe- humiliation to be brought low to be humbled to be depressed you know sometimes god presses men down and takes them off their perch and throws them to the ground and humiliates them you, you say you say why um, there could be a lot you say, well, maybe because they're they're proud. That's true. James 4 does say that, right? But was Job proud? Not according to what we're told in Scripture. Did God abase him? Press him down? Bring him low? Uh, God... God sometimes abases people who are godly. God sometimes abases people who are not godly and proud. And, um, and so you ought to examine and look at your life when abasement comes. But listen, abasement does come. Um, he speaks in this verse about being uh, hungry. That would be describing, if you would, I think in some ways, this matter of being abased. He's giving, actually, uh, back and forth comparisons. Being hungry, uh, if you would, and to be full. You see that in verse 12? So he's giving us different pictures. The, the hungry would probably be com- comparable to this being abased. So, so sometimes God depresses us. Sometimes God makes us hungry. And I'm not talking about the teen who says from the living room, "Mom, what are we going to eat? I'm starving. Cause that's not that's not starving. that's that's called teenager <laughs> um, but uh, we're talking about literal hunger, true need. Why would God allow someone to suffer need like that? Why would God allow a servant to be hungry? Why would God give a Christian cancer? Why would God allow a Christian to suffer? Sometimes the same ways godless people suffer. Um, we might have a, a lot of reasons that we could give, but one of them might very well be that we might learn contentment and find a strength within that we desperately need. So sometimes God allows hunger. Sometimes God uh, puts, depresses people, humiliates them, and brings them low because they need uh, something. Uh, look, if, if you would, at this, that we have both to abound and to suffer need. You see that we have that comparison. Again, we have the abasement and abounding, and then we have the abounding and suffering need. So suffering need would be kind of like the abasement. Uh, suffer need means to fall short or to be in want. Have you ever had more months than you had money? (laughs) Don't answer that when you say every month. Um, And it's not just a matter of, of money, but he was lacking what people would consider the basic needs of life. And we're not talking about what they say when they talk about people in need today. People in need today, politicians say. Everyone deserves an education. Everyone deserves health care. Everyone deserves. People in America don't even know what poverty is in many cases. Seriously. And we don't. And I'm thankful for that. Aren't you? I'm thankful that God has abundantly provided in so many different ways in, in life for us. But what Paul is describing here, maybe we cannot understand in our society because of how gracious God has been to us in America, but he's talking about truly being deprived of things that that we would normally say, "I, I absolutely need these things for life. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense humanly to look at situations like that and say, well, why would God do something like that? Or or God would be involved in that, and the answer is yes. Sometimes God brings us to the place where we don't have anything, so we can learn something. And uh, and it's not what we would ask for. It's not necessarily what we would want, but we but we need to learn contentment. So the conditions which threaten contentment would be abasement, and that would be the hunger as well, hunger and suffering need. The other side, here's the alliteration, you brought it out already, to abound. You know the word means super abound? More than I need. He says, I know how to be abased, to be without, to be depressed, to be pushed down. I know how to abound. I know how to suffer need, but I know how to abound. I know how to be full. I know how to be hungry as well. In all these situations, abundance. Now, most may claim they've never been on this side of the ledger. Really, that isn't true in many respects. Now, I know if you if you think like I do, you'd say, "Well, if the Lord would give me a million dollars, I'd be willing to suffer through such to find out if I could be content." <laughs> are you, are you there, that, Lord? If you want to give me plenty, I'd, I'd love that. That would be great. Fine with me. I'll 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 try to be content with that. I'd like to learn that one because I haven't been there. Um, but uh, many people have found in life that abundance doesn't satisfy. Uh, we could prove that. Some of the richest people in this world have, have committed suicide because they weren't happy. And you know, when you have plenty, it's still wine. Think about it. Okay, I'll get myself in trouble here, but many of you have food and a spare at home. But have you ever sat at the table and said, We have nothing good to eat? But you could eat on what's in your house for probably weeks, you could survive. Isn't that amazing? Someone here might step in the closet full of clothes and say, I have nothing to wear. Now, maybe that you got them all dirty and you haven't washed your clothes. Well, that's your fault. All right. But the truth of the matter is, um, we have a lot. But many times we're just not content. You say, Well, if I had abundance, Abundance I would be content so we go to the store and we look and say oh man I'd like to have that shirt. I'd like to have that pair of shoes. I'd like to have that and in our closet like Fifteen shirts um, See abundance tests whether we'll be content or not just like lack of, a, of, of necessities it does um, think, think about it. I'm trying to bring this home. I, I don't know if we're, we're, we're connecting. You know. Has the light come on yet? Uh, but look, I can own a car. I can have gas in that car. I can be driving down roads that are paved, sitting on comfortable leather seats, have air conditioning or heat, whatever I need, listening to music or the news, and still be unsatisfied because people in front of me are texting and they're sitting at a green light. And in a moment of abundance, I'm no longer satisfied. Isn't that amazing? And, and uh, unless you think I'm trying to make you feel bad, that's what I've been convicted about this week. In, uh, yeah, because I'm always convicted about that, it seems like. It's amazing how we can become discontented when we have Plenty. Um, in verse 12 we see these words he says everywhere and in all things and what's the next, next phrase I am instructed that is an interesting word it means to initiate into the mysteries someone said it means he had learned The secret of contentment in abasement and abounding and all these, uh, these other ways. It was through abasement. It was through abundance. It was in this place and that place that he was initiated into contentment. In other words, he wouldn't have learned it if he hadn't abounded. He wouldn't have learned it if he hadn't been abased. He wouldn't have learned it if... If he hadn't been full, he wouldn't have learned it if he hadn't been hungry. He wouldn't have learned it if he didn't have superabundance. He wouldn't have learned it if he didn't suffer need. All of those things God put in his life, different events and different circumstances, God placed in Paul's life so that Paul could learn and be initiated into the contentment he talks about in verse 11, explains in verse 13. Because the strength within wasn't Paul's strength. It was God's. And God used these things. Listen, Christian, God uses the hard things of life to initiate you into true contentment. To get you there. But you know what happens? Because I know what happens in my life. I bristle at those things and I miss out. I fight those things. And I say, man, get moving, lady. Rather than letting Jesus Christ strengthen me and give me within what I need to rest satisfied where I'm at. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because God is, in some cases, God is initiating them into contentment. Now, um, you may not have wanted to hear that, but you need to. So let me share with you the conduct which brings contentment. The conduct which brings contentment. How do I get it? Um, That's where verse 13 comes in. It really does. Maybe you've never looked at it before, but it really, verse 13 is the answer, and it really is describing what he said when he said in verse 11, I, I'm therewith to be content. I've learned this. He found an inner strength, not in his ability, not in his strength to say, I'm just going to endure this and I'm going to be happy. Don't worry, be happy. But he learned in all those things, as God initiated him through all these things, he learned to rely upon and gain the strength of Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be content. I can be content if I'm abased. I can be a, a, I can be ten, content if I'm bound. I can be content if I'm suffering need. I can be content if I super in all the things. That I, I, if I'm hungry, if I'm full, I, I can do all these things no matter where I am. If I'm in Tennessee, I can be content. If I'm in Alabama, I can be content. Doesn't matter where I am. Doesn't matter what's going on in life. I can be content. So what's the secret? I here it is. This is deep. If you haven't let if you get, gotten the point in your mind, acquire Christ's strength. Acquire Christ's strength. That's where it is. Well, how do I get it? I'm so mad at Paul. He doesn't give me a formula. Does he? He just says, "I can do all things through Christ." Um, you say, "Well, then there's got to be a formula." Well, there isn't exactly, but can I? I'm just going to suggest a number of things. Not because this list is the answer, it's the secret, but there's some reasonable things that we can do to avail ourselves of the power of God. Let me share them with you real quickly. Uh, first would be uh, awareness. I give you all things to start with. A awareness um I already told you I, that I was confronted about uh, about drivers I, I, you realize that getting bothered about drive the driving of people around around you is related to contentment here's the truth I can be satisfied sitting behind a grandma going 15 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone because I don't have to be going 45 in order to be content how many how many would agree with that Okay. You say, I agree with that, Pastor, because I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> no, that's the truth. I, I can be. Now, it doesn't suggest, if that was the case, that passing someone is evil, if there's a passing lane and it's safe. But in Tennessee, I know a lot of people that don't understand that two yellow lines mean you're not supposed to pass. But that's another subject. Okay? But I can learn, in every circumstance, to have a supply of God's strength so that I can be satisfied. I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, I've considered that, that that's a matter of contentment. Do You know, for for some of you, maybe your lack of contentment is kids. Your kids. Yeah. Well, if, if I didn't have these, if I didn't have this problem with my son or my daughter, if I didn't have this going on with them, I could be content. No, no. No, you need a supply of Christ's strength. And you can be content in that. You can't. Either that or, or or Paul wasn't being honest with us. So part of overcoming or finding God's strength is an awareness. I don't have it. I'm not content. I am not satisfied. I don't have strength within that is allowing me to handle this without getting bent out of shape and be satisfied with what I have right now, this very moment. Awareness. Why not ask God each day this week to make you aware of the things that are sapping your strength and ruining contentment? Say, I already know what they are. Okay, then then the second thing would be admission. There's no strength, there's no supply for the sinner who's rebellious. So it would be admission that, look, God... I've been doing this in my own strength. It's obvious because I'm not satisfied. I'm not content. I don't have the strength. I'm not responding right to this. So i got to first be aware of it, right? That's kind of the point. Second thing is i got to admit it. Uh, If we confess our sins, which means to say the same thing as God. Call it what God does. Sin. Ask him for forgiveness. And realize this. That, look, that has robbed you of God's power. That... Those people, that event, that place, that thing, that situation has robbed you of God's power, and that's a shame because it's available at all times, every time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, for you to rest satisfied. So in a mission, uh, third third thought, ask. Ask for it with full surrender to God. When's the last time you prayed for Christ to strengthen you and make you strong enough to be satisfied in your circumstance? Dear God, I'm not going to be content today unless you give me the power to be such. Because I know there are going to be things, both positively and negatively, that are going to test my strength. Um, James told believers, you have not, because you ask not. If Paul said, Christ has strength, and Christ was strengthening him, can we not expect the same thing? Can't we? My grace is sufficient for thee. Do you do you not, I really believe he learned quite a bit of this, probably during that thorn in the flesh. Here's the truth, I would be far more content if the guy going slow in front of me would cause me to make a prayer to God rather than telling Grandpa where the gas pedal is. Don't raise your hand on that one because you all make me feel bad. But (laughs) it's the truth, I'd be far better off. And quite honestly, that would avail me of what I need. Be content at that moment. All right, act. You say act. How, how, how do you do? Use scriptural truth. Hey, here's that scripture memory stuff <laughs> that we that many of you were challenged about. It. I found it interesting how many said something about that. Here's the scripture memory stuff, hiding God's word in in your heart. So, so God, this is an area that is a constant test of contentment. Having strength within to be satisfied. So, so God, I'm going to learn some verses, and I'm going to act uh, uh, upon those things. I'm going to I'm going to take what God has, has has given me. I'm going to read and think through and memorize scripture, and then I'm going to use it when it comes when I'm tested. Um, and then I, I gave one other, and and there's much more to be said, but I'm I'm going late, so. Um, You've been patient, but I can't say I'm going late after this past week. I could <laughs> preach for another hour, and I'm not going late, so we're we're doing fine. Say, Pastor, you've done enough. All right, let me just give you the last thing. And this may sound strange, but I I, I put the word adore because I think sometimes um, in life, and this is something that I know we've been I've been bringing up quite a bit lately, is that we we see God work, and sometimes we don't take the time to say God. You did strengthen me. It's obvious that you did a work, and I want to praise you for that, and I want to honor you and lift you up. And so uh, adore him. Just, just thank God that he is the God who has all strength, that can strengthen you <laughs> in whatever situation you're in, a base, a bound, whatever it may be. Uh, this place, everywhere, and in all things, this situation, I can. I can. I can, it's possible It's not, this is not Like the, the pie in the sky No one experiences it but Paul Paul was saying I had to learn this And I would believe That God would be saying because he gave this By inspiration you can learn this too you can So Do you want it Do you want contentment And will you avail yourself Of it because the truth is Contentment isn't Isn't what I manufacture. Contentment is what I find when God strengthens me to be satisfied in the circumstances that He's given, and I walk through them by His grace. I hope that's encouraged you as me. It's been a challenge, and sometimes the most familiar verses—we know them, we've memorized them, we've heard them before. But sometimes the most familiar verses we just need to think about and live in light of. This is a great truth. It really is. But let's experience it this week. So we can say, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith, to be content. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to have a come forward invitation. Won't do that tonight. Um, but can I, can I just ask you, did, did God speak to you about contentment? tonight, is there something that you learn that by His grace you need to do and, and something maybe you need to change? If you would you would say that, um, just this testimony tonight, would you just raise your hand? All right, thank you. Wow. wonderful. great. okay' that's, that's a good thing. So let's act upon what we've heard from His word and think about this passage and live in light of it this week. Father, I thank you so very much that contentment is possible. It's available. Um, Father, may I experience it more in my life and learn it. Um, And I pray for the same for your people. Many, many raised a hand saying, there's something I I learned from this passage tonight. And so, Lord God, um, may your people enjoy strength, Christ's strength, in their difficulties, uh, through abasement, abounding, whatever the situation. And, Lord God, may we learn to be satisfied with inner strength given from God. In Jesus' name, amen.